0: What's up, guys? It's Little D from FMF. When I'm not mixing gas and hauling ass, I'm listening to Big MX Radio.
1: We can't expect that everyone is as passionate about racing as we are. can't expect that everyone is able to hear the silent call of the sea at 5 a.m. Not everyone possesses the ability to smell the difference between rich and lean. Nor the ear to differentiate the bark of two cylinders from four. It would not be fair of us to assume that the world understands the yearning and overwhelming compulsion that we have to push through pain, angst, frustration and failure. Some people might not understand the desire to test physical limits conquer fear or to tangle with the forces of gravity and physics but we don't make product for them we look to the future embrace our past. We study. We analyze. We race on Sunday, so we can innovate on Monday. We exercise trial and error religiously. stars, one goal, one vision.
2: And the point of views inside the sport of motocross. The gate's about to drop on Big MX Radio. Welcome to the Fly Racing Big MX Radio podcast show brought to you by Justified Culture's Traction MXC covers and Moto Ice Wrap. I am your host. Brad Gebhardt. With us on the line, we've got a couple of my favorite individuals. The first goes by the name of Pete, and he's Pete from Traction MX. Pete, how's it going?
3: Go good, Brad. How
2: about yourself? Hey, not doing too bad whatsoever. Just a beautiful day here in Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada. We do get some hot weather, believe it or not, and uh, we're up near the 90s today. So uh, it was uh, suns out, guns out all at the job site, and uh, now I hit the gym, and uh, my, my evening work uh, starts starts up. And uh, that's talking motocross with guys that are really passionate about it, guys like yourselves. I believe uh, you're a repeat offender on the show, but you're not alone. Who's, who's sitting with you today?
3: I got Wayne Ransom here from, uh, Ransom Motorcycles, and he is, uh, engineering that Ransom KX500 build on Instagram. Uh, Wayne's has a background in building custom sport bikes, and custom motorcycles, he's also an artist, and, uh, decided to build a KX500 out of a 16 KX450, and, uh, we to introduce you to Wayne, he asked him a couple of questions, and we'll get back to me.
2: There you go. Well, uh, this is an exciting time, because for those who have been following this diligently on social media, mainly on Instagram, because this is a, a very visual product, uh, like, this project is is really cool, Wayne, and uh, I'd love for you to kind of give the uh, the listeners a little bit of a background into uh, how you got started in all this, and then how you got approached for this particular project, and uh, kind of piece by piece, literally making it happen, uh, it's becoming pretty seamless. Thanks, Brad. It's uh, it's, finally, it's,
0: it's good to talk to you. Uh, I know we've been talking about getting the podcast together um, for probably a few months now, but... Um, this uh, this project originally started out as a personal project for myself you know i've I've um been a, a motorcross fanatic since I was born. you know <laughs> my dad put me on a bike when I was three years old and just kind of it kind of grew from there but this has this project has always been one of the bikes that I wanted to build for myself and i, I didn't even have any plans on exposing it and, and Pete um, from traction mx he you know he's been a, a very good friend of mine for a lot of years and uh, he kind of Prompted me to, or pushed me to, to expose it, and um, it's really turned into a life of its own. Um, it's went from being a personal project and all, you know, just being my my deal to uh, now it's turning into uh, a way to to help other businesses cross promote and um, gain exposure for their products as well
2: awesome it's uh, it's totally a business to business project where uh, you've got a cup a ton of different uh, um, supporters and sponsors uh, on the, the kind of the, the bits and bits and odds and ends of the bike but uh, predominantly a lot of the fabrication or well, all the fabrication and, and basically the creation of this bike a 500 cc two stroke into a uh, 2016 I believe uh, chassis for a 450 that's extremely difficult to do and uh, for anybody and then uh, for you you're literally piecing these Thing together, uh, like an, a piece of artwork, it's uh, it's pretty cool to see it all come together. Thank you.
0: Yeah, this, um, it's uh, you know it's, it's it's not one of those things that hasn't been done before. There's guys that have done it, maybe not on the, on the 16 chassis yet, but um, I've seen a lot of great garage builds and a lot of bad ones. And in exposing this on on Instagram, and uh, one of my ideas was to to show. How it can be done in the garage, and really what it takes to do it, and to do it at a top level, and it doesn't really really require a whole lot of uh, specialized tooling. It's just a, a whole lot of uh, thought and determination and stick to itiveness. And, and um, so far, it, it, I mean, the Instagram page for it has has, has gained a lot of exposure and uh, has grown well a lot faster than I thought it was actually going to. When I first started out, I, I didn't think it was going to grow as fast as it did. And I
2: think in three months it,
0: it, it gained like thirteen thousand dollars or so, wow, something like that.
2: Yeah. Well, that it, yeah. it is absolutely amazing to see you do your work. Um, anyone who is an appreciator of. of- Craftsmanship can see that you take great care in the work that you do, and you're quite skilled at it. Um, where does where does that uh, like the infancy of your skill set uh, lie? Like where, where did you start to learn how to uh, take the time and be patient and uh, and work with the metals that you work with? Because uh, this particular uh, bike features a ton of titanium, which uh, um, to most uh, weekend warriors is also referred to as unobtainium.
0: Yeah. Well,
2: um, I
0: first I started out in a service business uh, of my own. I started when I was 19. I opened up a shop and I was doing dirt bike and ATV service, and then later got into sport bike service as well. And then in 2000, that was in, in 99, and then in 2004 I got the idea to uh, build my own concept around a sport bike engine, and I had never done anything like that before, uh, no fabrication, no engineering, no, nothing like that. And it was really just God-given um, the uh, talent and ability that has has enabled me to do this and from the very beginning my skill set has never been about the the financial end it's always been about the personal growth so how much how much ability do i have myself and how much can i forge out of myself and i'm a firm believer that you know, if you increase your your market value then the money will come uh you know after that so um Everything that I do and everything that I do on this is is more so what can I do with what I have. And that's that's how I started. You know, I just started with basic hand tools. My first the first bike that I ever built was you know, was built in a six hundred square foot shop that was um, I, I made my own English wheel, which if you guys aren't familiar with an English wheel, it's it's made for shaping sheet metal. Yeah. And I didn't have enough money to to, to uh, buy an English wheel at the time, so I made one, um, and it's it's really it's you know you can whatever it, it sounds cliche, but whatever you set your mind to, you can
2: accomplish. Oh, absolutely! The, too many people uh, it, kind of scoff at that as is kind of a, so uh, like a, a cliche or it's a uh, just kind of a buzzword, but it's it, it's totally the case, and, and you're proof of it exactly. And um, and so is Pete, honestly. It,
0: it kind of was that,
2: and so is Pete. Honestly, Pete,
0: yeah, def- definitely. So it's it's kind of my skill set has kind of grown from there. And with this build, um, I've you know I've done work with titanium in the past. Never as intricate as I've, I've done on this with the the fuel tank. But um, it, again, it's more of a personal growth thing, and it just kind of you know the, the build kind of took off from there.
2: So, Pete, um, watching this thing unfold, like we mentioned off-air, uh, you live about a mile and a half from this guy. And uh, I imagine you've probably come over there a few times in the last couple of months just to see how things are developing. And every time you go there, I imagine that uh, eyes wide and just absolutely uh, – flabbergasted by the thing that's coming together here. Uh the the finished product will certainly be something to behold, but uh, the whole process of it of seeing the raw materials turn into something beautiful um is it uh is there some parallels between what uh <clears throat> what Wayne's able to accomplish and what we're doing with the the seat covers or is he on a totally different level?
3: Well,
2: honestly, Brad,
0: Huh? Let, let me just let me just give you some background information that Pete, Pete's not going to tell you because he's a humble guy. Fair enough. Pete is one of those guys that if you put something in his hand and you show him how to do it, the first time he's got it, he can do it. Nice. So whatever whatever he wants to do, he can do. It, it just so happens that he he's he's got his hand set on custom seat covers now, but really, I mean. He, he can do cars. He can do bikes. He can do whatever. He can. He can paint. He, I mean, <laughs> it's, it's really. He, I mean, he gets it from his father. His father he's
2: blushing family.
0: now. Yeah, he's <laughs> bit, he,
2: yeah, he,
0: he's blushing a little bit. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> but but yeah, I got I got I got to give him props for props to do. I mean, I, I I tell him all the time the seat covers. It's not it's not really. I mean, he's he's absolutely phenomenal at it, but it's not pushing him. You know, I, I think I think the motocross industry eventually is going to see way, way bigger things from that traction MX.
2: Fair enough, and, also, and we look forward to that, and uh, we look forward to seeing what seat cover ends up on uh, this particular machine. Uh, Pete, I imagine you've kind of rolled some ideas around in your head. Maybe, uh, maybe you have to uh, get a couple of seat, uh, seats going just so you can uh, switch up the look here and there, but uh, what's your plan for this thing? Um, you know, we got
3: some other coordinating stuff going. Basically the bike's gonna be really classy. It's uh black. Fun. <laughs> Kind of like a clean factory look. Um I can't say enough good things about Ransom here. Since we were kids, he actually serviced a few of my dirt bikes and over the past two years we were motoing together all the time and uh you know when he said he was gonna do a build, he's done other stuff before and Anything the guy does, it's just phenomenal, and when he started to do this build, he says, you know, I'm going to make a titanium tank, and I said, whoa, 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 I said, we need to, you know, bring this to the people, because I don't think many people in the industry have actually seen, you know, garage builds or AF conversions done to this level, and uh, I don't know, Brad, if you've had the chance to see any advancements like street builds or anything on his website, but... Yeah, the, the, the talent is phenomenal, and now it, it would be a shame not to showcase that for everybody to see, and sitting here with the bike right now, uh, even down to the welds, it's, it's almost to the point of being artistic, and uh, I think this thing is definitely set to be probably one of the best builds that's been seen in the industry, without a doubt.
2: I totally agree, and uh, it is absolutely something gorgeous. I think that uh, this is going to be something really cool when it all comes together. Uh, how did Dirt Bike Magazine come into all of this to, uh, to get behind the build and uh, um, basically now with a, a bike that is uh, is going to have some really cool aftermarket parts added to it on top of the, uh, the already super amazing looking uh, construction? Well, um, I guess
3: how it all came to fruition is uh, I actually did that RM250 retro
2: build a few years back. Yeah, we all yeah. love it. Gets lots of likes on Insta. Yeah, I think it's still,
3: <laughs> still all
2: over the place. I can post out. it right now and get 1,000 likes right now. Yeah.
3: <laughs> that bike actually just won another title at uh, the Cody
0: Bragg Memorial Race, I think. There you go. The funny thing about that bike is when, when it came out in 1992 – Everybody hated that graphic ski. Yeah. But he puts his little flair to it now on a, a, you know, is it 06 bike? 05. 05 bike, and now everybody just goes crazy over it. It's it's bizarre.
2: No kidding. Well, it's, uh. (laughs) <laughs> we got guy, we got guys running out there in rompers, so I, 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 I can't condone what people think is cool. <laughs> You're not catching me those, Brad. Probably not, uh, but uh, like, just speaking to, the, to the, the, the weirdness of the time sometimes. But it is a gorgeous motorcycle, and I think that it just reminds people of a, uh, maybe a simpler time when, uh, uh, when, when the two-strokes ruled the world. But uh, like th- this happens to be, not only is it an amazing build, but it's also a two-stroke, which of course, close to my heart. It's also green, which doesn't hurt. But uh, <laughs> um, the 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 tank itself is it was a huge project, and I, I watched all of the videos of making the damn thing. And uh, is, is this something that really pushed uh, your abilities or your skill set as far as uh, what you're able to pull off? Because it, it looked very challenging.
0: It, it, i pushed push my abilities, I would say no. It, it showed me what I already had. It, it was relatively easy to do. Um, it was just a different format than I'm used to doing. It's a lot, a lot more, a lot, you know, a lot of the shapes are a lot more close together in, in relation to each other. So, um, that poses a forming problem when you're actually forming the sheet metal. Because in order to form it, you have to be able to hold it correctly. And that was one of the, um, one of the, the challenges in that. But um all of this stuff that I do on this dirt bike is really it's it's at the it's at the beginning of where my skill set actually um begins. You know, my my street builds are I mean, you're talking thousands and thousands of hours in, in each street build. And uh but the dirt bike, I mean there's only so much you can do do to it before it's not a dirt bike anymore. No kidding. So it
2: does have plastic yeah. after all. Yeah, exactly. Well, <laughs> that, you, you, any thoughts on making some plastics out of titanium, or <laughs> you know what I
0: thought of, I had thought about it, but th- just the, uh, the the dangers associated mm-hmm. with a
2: piece of titanium sheet metal.
0: Yes, you know, being you, you fold that up, work shears, you know, and it's it doesn't it's, it's a weapon at that point. So yeah. <laughs> I think I think in in it, although it would be cool, I think in terms of being a dirt bike, it's just not practical or safe. Mm, um, fair enough. Or along the lines of carbon fiber, um, I do have aspirations after this one is done of possibly creating um, a scratch built dirt bike. Will it will it be better than any of the factories? Probably not, but it's just the sake of, for the for the sake of actually crafting a dirt bike from scratch. Um, and I would probably end up doing carbon fiber uh, fenders and, and you know stuff just like, like that. that. Yeah, titanium is cool. It, it you know it has its place. It's not. It's not better than any you know other materials in certain applications. Sometimes aluminum is better than you know titanium. It's just titanium has a certain cool factor, and for me, it's the cool factor is in the difficulty to work with it. A lot. You know, it's a, it's a lot more challenging to weld, and it's a lot more challenging to shape because. It's like a piece of spring steel. You know, what usually a piece of aluminum or steel, when you go to form it or stretch it or hit it with a hammer, it bends and it dings, whereas a piece of titanium bounces back. So, really? you have to, yeah, you, it's it, that, and that's one of the, that's one of its mechanical uh, strengths is its memory. You can flex a piece of titanium so far and it, it still retains its shape. So, it makes it very, very durable in that, in, in that aspect. But when it comes to shaping it, and stretching it and creating, you know, a, con- a contoured shape out of it, it, it's very, very challenging. A lot of, a lot of the shapes that I made on the fuel tank actually had to be hot formed. So I actually had to, to sit there with a with a torch and get the, the part to cherry red, and then form it while it was hot. Hmm. That you know that then that also poses a problem of how do you hold it when it's hot. So <laughs> it's, there's different steps and processes to it, which I, I really enjoy. But like I said, it, it has its strengths and it has its weaknesses. Some some places it's not good to use, um, and sometimes it's you know it, in order to use titanium, it's, it ends up being a heavier part than what the aluminum would be. It it really all depends on the application.
2: Now, when it comes to the pipe, and uh, like the the listeners don't have the 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 pleasure of seeing it uh, in its in. S- Beginning stages behind you there, but uh, what, what's the total plan for the pipe? Most fans, if they're two-stroke guys, they want to see a, like the, they want to see a cone pipe with a million welds on it. Uh, but you're gonna you're doing something a little bit different. Tell me about that.
0: I'm, yeah, I'm gonna do. I'm going to actually hand form or hand hammer each half of the pipe. Now, if you look at uh, pipes like FMF or Bills or Pro Circuit, those production pipes are stamped. And they do that for production purposes. It's a lot more cost effective to stamp it and to have somebody hand hammer a pipe out. So the, the, the deal with cone pipes that, you know, I, I haven't, I haven't read this anywhere. I haven't, you know, heard it from anywhere. It's just something that I, I kind of, you know, from, from being in business, I kind of assume this is the way it goes. I think cone pipes are, um, a lot easier to make than hand hammering a pipe. Um, and it's a lot quicker to fabricate a pipe if you want to change the tuning of it. So, okay. you see these works, you know, these works pipes that are cone, you know, they're, they're steel cone pipes. Like on, you know, the, the, the one that I remember to sticks out the most was Jeremy McGrath's 96 pipe. It had the cone pipe. Every, you know, yeah. When I first time I ever saw a pipe like that, and I was like, man, that's awesome. But at the same time, when that pipe, to, really for that pipe to be, you know, it's, it's best, it has to be stamped out, it has to be smooth and flowing, because all those segments... Create turbulence. Life. Exactly, exactly. So I think um, from from what I saw on a couple of those bikes, you know, he, he wasn't running a, um, a, a cone pipe on every single bike. It was actually, it ended up, I've seen a couple of his factory bikes that had really smooth-looking, stamped-out pipes, and what I think it was was a rendition of that original cone pipe. So, yeah. that was the, that was the prototype. That was the cheapest way to prototype the pipe to run for his, you know, to, to, to use for his motor. So, I'm going to just, I'm going to, I really want to hand form it only because it's a, a whole lot more difficult. You know, you have, you know, it's a, you know, you, you have to make a, a certain pattern and then hammer it out and it's got to be concentric and it has to, you know, the, the the, tone, the cone tapers have to be, um, tuned for the motor. You know all the port timing and the CCs that all plays you know a part in what the shape of the pipe looks like. That's why a 125 pipe is way smaller than a 500 pipe. It all has to do with, with with you know your your port timing and your CCs and all that. So in order to get this motor to run at its optimum, um, the the pipe has to be a certain tune. So to do that out of hand hammered pieces is it's a it's a challenge. To me, and that's that's why I'm going to do it. And I had I had uh, I had kicked the, the idea around before I even started building this, and uh, I, I had I had abandoned it because the pipe was going to look like a uh, you know just a regular stamp pipe, and I thought a lot of people were going to miss the fact that it was hand hammered and not stamped out from machines. But um, I think the way that I'm going to do it now is I'm going actually I'm going to planish out all of the welds so it looks like one solid formed pipe. So you're not going to see seams in this pipe at all.
2: Wow, well that that's pretty cool. And like this this thing is going to look gorgeous. Uh, as far as uh, um where where to tune this pipe and where to put the bends and how, how, where to expand it, um are you working off of a, a specific uh, like a, some specs from a different manufacturer that already makes the pipe, or are you doing that basically all off your own volition? actually I'll,
0: I'll give you a little secret my um, one of my sponsors is Tom Morgan racing ah. and he he took he took this cylinder and, and did his his uh, he's got special pork work that he does and head work and all that and, and a little bit of uh, slide work on a card and I asked him about giving me pipe specs and he said that it and I don't know if people know his history but he was um he was very influential in Kawasaki's race team. He was actually one of the reasons that Kawasaki implemented the, the semi, the first semi. There you go. So he uh, he was Jeff Ward's um, championship engine builder in Mike Larocco, and, Rocco, and um, he actually designed this motor to run the best with a stock a stock uh, sized pipe. So the actual specs of this are actually going to be designed exactly to the factory Kawasaki pipe spec. So that's we're going to get the the, the best power, the smoothest power, and not necessarily the most power, but the most rideable power from this stock pipe configuration. So this is actually going to be tuned, this pipe is going to be tuned just like a KX500. Well,
2: that's Uh, pretty cool um so with all of your like the fans and the people who follow this they're looking at all of the the videos and the photos and like they're just absolutely spectacular at some point someone's going to want to have this uh, some this something similar to this maybe not as intricate done to their own motorcycle whether it be a, a titanium uh subframe which i definitely want for one of my bikes uh but or or a, or a pipe or uh or even a, a a tank? Um, do you get a lot of direct messages, kind of asking uh, what it would cost for for them to to get that same service?
0: Yeah, I, I get I get quite a few for you know uh, titanium tanks and ti- you know titanium subframes stuff like that. But I think at this point, um, it you know it, it really depends on budget because for me to take time away from my my, you know, my, my daily work, it, you know, it's, it's substantial amount of money. So, um, I haven't really figured out how I would serve the motocross community with what I do. Mm. Um, I don't know if I'm going to be able to replicate titanium, uh, subframes and titanium tanks that in, in such a way that would be cost effective for me and, you know, a bargain for the, uh, the, the, the customer.
2: Yeah, otherwise you end up with a, a tank that's worth more than your motorcycle at certain points. Uh, like uh, in the case of my 2005 kx 252 stroke the thing might be worth maybe two grand on a decent market, and uh, we're talking about a tank that's probably worth three. So, so solid, solid, you can at least get thirty-five. Right?
0: That's, you know, that's that's why you you, you see these. Uh, you know, you hear the numbers of these these factory race bikes. I don't know about how much now, but back in the day, you know, I would hear numbers like hundred and hundred fifty thousand dollars. Race bike, and the reason that these bikes are worth that much money is because they have one-off parts on. Them.
2: Yeah, you know, and the hours There's, to make it.
0: Yeah, the, the the problem with doing one-off parts is the the amount of R and D that goes into making one part. Where with production, your 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 R and D is going to be paid for in selling a mass of or a quantity of, of parts. So that that R and D is actually absorbed into that. So when you don't. When you don't, you're not mass producing a part. The R&D has to be paid for in that in that one part. That's where the price gets you know, goes through the roof.
2: Fair enough. Well, um, it, it, I, I know that there's a ton of people that uh, if, they, if they've got the cash, they definitely be willing to uh, fork it over to have you work on their motorcycle. Um, as far as uh, the uh, the geometry of the machine, this is a, a two-stroke motor that basically stopped evolving around two, 1993-ish, um, and it's sitting in a frame that uh, that was basically, uh, it's basically the, the current uh, rendition of, um, of a four-stroke 450 motor is currently sitting in. Uh, what, what would you predict this thing's going to handle? like? Is it going to have like some weird characteristics due to it based on the fact that it's just, uh, I wouldn't say a frame. Frankenstein bike, but just not the, not the motor designed for that particular frame.
0: In this case, it is a Frankenstein bike because the bike was designed for a, a 450 motor. Yeah. It's going to have completely different flex characteristics. As far as suspension geometry and steering geometry, that's all going to remain factory, factory Kawasaki. Um, but as far as the handling goes and characteristics of that, I don't know. We'll, we're, that's that's going to be something that we're going to have to just, you know, see – and adjust if there is something there. Um, I don't think so. I, I think it's going to be pretty rideable. Um, it's you know we, the the weight on the motor is pretty. It's pretty low, so it, it may it may cut a little quicker than a standard 450. Okay. So, but you know that that could affect the handling elsewhere too. So you know usually if a, if a bike you know leans over real good, it's it's not real straight line stable. So. You know, it's, it's one of those, those things you have to, it's like a, a it's like a, um, a, uh,
2: a little give and take,
0: on, you know, yeah. yeah, it's give and take, you know, you, you got to sacrifice in one area to gain in another. So we'll, we'll see what we can do. Um, I got, Owen Suspension is a, a sponsor of, of ours, and I think um, with their input, we'll probably be able to get the machine dialed in pretty good
2: for sure now uh with with so many uh, great sponsors coming on board, does that uh, uh hamper or uh, impede your ability to just be creative as an artist to uh, now have to include a bunch of uh, um, external uh, sponsors or were you able to work with them pretty harmoniously no
0: i think um I think one of the things that uh, that the sponsors were interested in was the fact that it was so unique so that you know I, I was me and Pete had meetings about this you know i i when we decided to get sponsors involved, I wanted to go with names that were um, first of all respected in the industry and also um quality quality you know that yeah. the whole the whole everything that I do including my street end is, is quality. The precision that I hold on my on my street builds is at the highest level, so i didn't want to associate my my brand and my my name with a company that was um not known for for that as well so the, the the sponsors that we decided to go with are really really in my mind really great companies really they they back their product and their products you know they they're really good so i, I think as far as the um being uh, limited to my creativity i i haven't come across anybody that's you know kind of said no don't do this or yeah do that and um i just really been going whole you know whole hog at it and Throwing all the creativity that I have, and they, they seem to be interested in that.
2: Hey everyone, let's take a break and listen to some commercials quickly. Then we'll be right back to the podcast. Thanks for listening.
4: Zach Commons, Matty Jesse, Phoenix Racing Co., Dominique Daffay, Cody Matichuk, and John Short are just a few athletes who don't Justified Cultures clothing. Passion needed a clothing line to speak to the way that it lived each day. So, we created Justified Cultures. Navigate JustifiedCultures.com to easily view over 40 individual styles to help you make a statement every time you step outside. As presenting sponsor to Big MX Radio, lock in promo code BIGMX17 when checking out at JustifiedCultures.com to receive 30% off your Justified Cultures clothing. Express your lifestyle with Justified Cultures. Live what you love. What's wrong,
2: Jeff? I don't know, Jay. Well, you better fuel up with a nutritious breakfast with oats and bran. Oats and bran? I didn't think there was such a thing. That's what I used to think. Now, I start out every morning with a bowl of amigos. For extreme kids like us.
3: Cereal B's amigos.
2: That's what I call fueling for the big ride. Hey, kids, start out every morning with a fat ball.
3: Hey, this is Alex Ray. I don't know why you're listening to Brad's podcast, but I'll be back
0: on soon. Hey, this is Zach Cummins. All you hosers, quit listening to Nickelback and jump on over to the Big MX
2: Radio Show.
3: Hey, guys, this is Cade Clayson, and not only do I blow uh, Alex Ray's doors off in the track, but I do it at K1 speed, too.
2: And I want you guys in a set of W wheels. So do what I did and head to USA.com today. WUSA, all things wheels. Hey, Big MX fans. Thanks for listening to this podcast and hope you're enjoying me. I want you guys to head on over to TractionMX.com. TractionMX is the place to get your seat covers for Any bike that you have, whether it be a Husqvarna, Kawasaki, Suzuki, Yamaha, KTM, you name it, these guys have a great seat cover for you. They're durable, they're flashy, they're eye-catching, and they're one of a kind. The reason why they're one of a kind is because you design your own. You pick the fabrics, you pick the ribs, you pick everything all the way down to the stitching uh, color that they use on the seat cover itself. Traction MX is your one-stop shop to set your bike apart from the herd 110%. These seat covers start at just $69.95 American. And uh, the average turnaround is a one to two weeks. One to two weeks from now, you could have a bike that's looking completely different than it does right now. So head on over to tractionmx.com, start shopping, start designing, and make something special like for you today. Going viral with a viral brand. Viral Brand is setting its sights on being one of the leading brands in the extreme sports market. From supercross to snowcross and snowboarding, and everything in between, Viral Brand is working hard to not only bring you premium products, quality eyewear, and killer style, but award-winning support with every sport. Head on over to theviralbrand.com and get tinted lenses clear lenses, 10-packet tear-offs, and goggle bag for only $59.99. Viral brand products are available in the U.S., Canada, and Australia, and used exclusively by the Barn Pros Racing MX Home Depot Yamaha team for the 2017 season. Go viral with the Viral brand. Well, it's it's definitely an exciting program, and I think there's a, a project rather that, and I think anyone would just wanting to be a, a part of it at all, uh, just because it's going to be so visually spectacular. Um, any any kind of visual on the, the overall timeline for how this is all going to come together at the very end, uh, and and when it does, uh, when the last bolt gets uh, gets torqued down, who's going to throw a leg over this thing? That's a, that's a good question.
0: Uh, I think um, I'm shooting for within the next two months of, of actually finishing this thing. The problem that I have is I, I'm really really loaded down with work on my on my street builds, and that, yeah. that's what pays. That's what keeps the lights on. So, uh, and as far as who's going to swing a leg over it, Eli Tomac. Yeah. That's yet to be seen. I'm, I'm definitely going to, to throw a Lego over it, over it and, and, and ride it, but I'm definitely not going to be able to ride it to, be, to its its fullest potential, that's for
2: sure. I think yeah. it would be really cool because based on your kind of timeline you're talking about, that's, this is – we're talking early September – I know a guy with a number three on his motorcycle that might have a, a little bit of time off in the September-October uh, timeline. I know there's, the guys are still super busy in the off season with uh, Monster Energy Cup and, and Disney's and stuff like that. But I would love to see uh, a guy, the, the number three on the front of this thing. And, uh, um, yeah, it, this thing's way too cool, man. I, I'm just excited to see it finished.
0: Yeah, that 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 definitely be cool. It's, it's funny that, that he's running number three. Didn't didn't uh, Ward ran number three too? Didn't he? Ward
2: ran number three, and uh, if I'm not mistaken, one of the last years that Michael Rocco uh, won the won the championship, he might have also ran three. So that's
0: pretty wild.
2: Yeah, that that would
0: definitely be cool. Absolutely, and he could definitely ride it to its full potential. Yes, <laughs>
2: it push it to <laughs> its <laughs> very limit. Um, let, let's let's turn our attention back to those traction mx seat covers a little bit um as far as like you mentioned earlier pete that it's going to be a really classy look it's going to look very factory um uh, but uh might you also uh supply a, a secondary seat cover that's uh a little bit more flashy
3: yeah i'm sure we're going to do a couple things i mean we collaborate back and forth you know a lot we talk on a weekly basis yeah you know i'm over the a lot he stops by a lot so the input's always there. We're working with a couple designers also. But, um, you know, it was, being on the East Coast is a, a seat cover business, and Ransom being on the East Coast gives you kind of, it's a little bit harder in the dirt bike industry. Mm-hmm. You know, the main hub of everything's over in California, and we don't have the luxury of, you know, meeting with the owners of all the companies and having them be able to just walk over to the shop and see the bike, so things are a little bit tougher, um. How you asked earlier how the magazine deal came came to be is um, when we discussed the build and revealing it and bringing it to the public. I reached out to a few companies, a couple of magazines, and um, like Grant'sman said earlier, people have built KX five hundred as before, but really no one has seen anything of this caliber. And uh, you know, you see bike builds every week on Instagram and LinkedIn.
0: Early on, early on in the build, it was just another KX500AF build. Yeah, it wasn't until the, it wasn't until the titanium parts started showing up, you know, started started appearing out of thin air that that the um, magazines got interested.
5: Yeah,
3: well, once uh titanium handmade pipe subframe and gas tank came to the equation, it
2: was pretty much. There's a couple, couple magazines actually passed on. Really? I'm surprised by that. Well, just cuz that,
0: that was before that was before the titanium parts started showing up. Yeah, so made, no.
2: That, that, sure. I guess that would yeah, like, like there's there's been lots of builds like that and uh, like you, you need to cut yourself out of the herd. You need to do something special and you guys clearly have done so. And good on uh, on Dirt Bike for uh, for jumping on that. That that it's huge on them, honestly. Um like w- what year's the motor? The motor's a 2000. Motor's a 2000. I, I, I got the,
0: I got the motor. They, I, from what I understand, that motor is pretty much the same as in 1988. They revised it in 88 and it really pretty much remained the same until then. But, um, this motor came about when I was, I was thinking about doing the project, you know, for a couple of years. And when I finally decided to pull the trigger, um, I reached out to a buddy of mine who has a service shop. And he had a basket case KX500 motor on the shelf that he said I could have because it was a customer had left it there, been there for years, he couldn't afford the bill on it, so he forfeited the motor. So it was literally a basket case. The counter shaft was blown out of it. The uh, the uh, drain bolt, which you can all you can see the repair pictures on my on my Instagram yeah. page if you go. The the, uh, the drain bolt was broken and stripped. Um, it was, it cracked the case, you know, in the, uh, let's see, the cylinder, the original cylinder, the exhaust spigot, where the O-rings go, that was all egged out. I had to put a sleeve in that. The Kickstarter board, yeah, the Kickstarter shaft board in the case was egged out. I had to, I had to put a sleeve in that. So, there was a lot of work that had to be done, and I understand why the guy didn't want to to pay for the motor, because it's pretty much a, you know, a total loss on the motor if you didn't didn't have machining capabilities.
2: Kidding. Well, the last year that Mike LaRocco won a, uh, which was the last year we ran 500s in the U.S. Uh, was was 1993, I believe. And uh, any thoughts on uh, on like graphic kit to uh, maybe throw it back to uh, to that particular year?
0: Uh, I hadn't thought about doing any type of retro, but um, it's funny you say that. Not 93 was one of my favorite graphic schemes for Kawasaki. Yeah, I
2: actually had the, purple, the purple seat. The purple oh, seat. Yeah. Oh, that was ninety four. Ninety three was You're right.
0: They had that big that big Kawasaki pink you know, emblazoned across the side of the seat with the pink, and they had like the uh, they had blue like, forks. I call them roadrunner graphics because they had like little smoke on the on the graphics. Yeah, yeah. I had nine three one twenty five. Um, I hadn't thought about that, but I think um, for this one, I think we're just going to do something modern, hmm. just to kind of. Yeah. It's quite so difficult to to make look good yeah am
2: I, am I... it's it's tough to make a new bike look old it's uh totally just with the modern yeah. styling of the uh, of the of the plastics and whatnot but i'm just i'm just throwing out ideas because I, this thing just gets me excited about riding dirt bikes man uh i might have to book myself a flight to uh head out down east and, and throw a leg over this thing myself it just looks way too fun yeah
5: yep.
2: so <clears throat> pete uh, you've sat patiently and listening to this whole thing, but we, we need to talk about your, your deal a little bit. Traction MX Seat Covers is a huge sponsor and, and a supporter of the Big MX Radio podcast show, but uh, what's new and exciting with you guys? Um, I mean,
3: race season's full bore. Um, we had Southwick this weekend. We sponsor uh, a few pro riders. we got... A, Traders Racing team we sponsor. Those guys did good this weekend at Southwick. Yep. I think Red pulled a 10th in the one moto. Yeah. Uh Gaines was, I believe, a 14th. Yeah. Um It was pretty cool to see Chris Canning out there. He was on a KTM 250 SX, two-stroke in the 450 class. I think he finished a 16th.
2: Yeah, 16th in a moto on a
3: two-stroke.
2: Yep. Yep. I awesome. love it. Hillary.
3: Yeah, that's uh you know, it's always cool to see a smoker out there. And like last year, Static Dog, you know, we've always been with him since Arena Cross, I think in 2012. 2014. I think it might have oh, been. Oh, yeah, even no. way back there. 14, okay. Yeah. 14. But, uh, you know, last year, he's a fan favorite, and he's going to be coming back for a few races this year.
2: Oh, Willie. Well, I, didn't, I didn't know he was going to be uh, back on that thing. But, uh, yeah, because, like, just watching any of those guys, especially the locals at Southwick on two-strokes, um, or even on a four-stroke, honestly, those guys are just next level, and they just seem to flow with the track so great. Um, and I can't wait to see you back on a motorcycle. That can't be too far off either.
3: No, I'm, I'm planning on riding again. Uh, as far as racing goes, I think I'm going to throttle back from the racing because I'm That's just going to stay focused on the business. It's kind of hard to do all of it. It once. You know, you get the risk factor and trying to run a business, and, you know, I like to keep our customers happy. But, uh, you know, we have an updated website. You know, we were on your show back when you first started. Yes. And just a little while after, actually, we started maybe about a year after, you know, we became a business. And um, the website's pretty amazing. We still uh, strive on having every rider give them the ability to set themselves apart from the next guy. With our website, I mean, you can take stripes away from the seat, add stripes. Uh, I believe we still have the most color selection out there. You can change the stitching colors. And, uh, you know, nothing leaves our shop unless it's 100%. Yeah, and like
2: there's yeah. literally... Hundreds of combinations, I guarantee thousands of combinations you can come up with. Whether it be the stitching, the ribs, the colors, the the combinations that you want to put together, completely cut yourself out of the herd, turn some heads out there, and get a a seat cover that's well made and lasts. That's that's like like you can look good, and like sometimes the things they that 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 are really high performance they don't last very long. Your 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 product seems to uh, catch the eye as well as stand the test of time.
3: Yeah, I mean uh basically when the brand was built, I kinda based it on like my lifestyle. I mean growing up, I uh you know, I restored classic Corvettes for about ten years of my life and I owned a lot of old cars and everything I ever had I wanted it to be different from the next guy. And same with dirt bikes. All of us were all riders, riders, racers. Um and we all just like to customize. The first thing you do when you get a bike, you want to customize it. Of course. And I think the industry really turned when graphic companies came out there and you could actually yeah. customize your graphics. Because oh, yeah. there was a time... I'm in my 30s, and when I was young riding, and everybody, we used to buy our own stick-on numbers. The price they almost looked like mailbox numbers. And, you know, there wasn't any customization back then. And no. now... Now everything, you know, everybody can basically get whatever they want and set themselves apart. And with our brand, when I started, we came out with a lot of, uh, you know, one-off, never-seen-before designs with seat covers. And uh just going to keep the ball rolling with that and give everybody that opportunity to not only design their own seat cover, but have it master graphics. We've even had a few customers indecisive on what they wanted and just send us pictures of their graphic proofs and said, hey, just you know, send whatever you think looks good. And we and we also do a lot of full custom work also. I mean if somebody wants something that they don't see they can always feel free to send us over an email. We'll
2: try to accommodate
3: them the best that we can.
2: Absolutely you guys don 't shy away from uh, from doing some stuff that 's pretty uh, pretty out there, man. The stuff is uh, really cool, and uh, as i 've uh, recently acquired a two thousand and one kx two fifty I think it 's going to have to be a uh, uh, kind of pro circuit esque um, Remake of some sort, so I think you're going to have to help me out with some something custom on that side. But I know that you're always able to do so. Um, is it still fun for you? Are you still able to uh, uh, kind of get the creative juices flowing and, uh, and and get a lot of fun out of it? Yeah, I think you know what the added layer
3: for me is. Is uh, I don't know. We're all consumers, also, obviously. You know, you're a consumer when you want to order parts for your bike and uh, something that. Hits me in the heart is when I get an email from a customer and they shoot me a picture over their bike done and they're ecstatic. They're like, wow, I can't believe that this just makes the bike look that much better. You know, when they customize their graphics, whether they had, a you know, touches of purple in their graphics or whatever, it's kind of like the cherry on top that ties everything
0: together. And, uh, if, if I may interject on this, one, one of the things that, that really gets me about his seat covers is the, the durability, yeah, you know, it's, it's very rare that you come across a motocross part that will last season after season, exactly. And especially for a, a competitive price too. There, you know, there's, it's, it's just, you know, you you buy one seat cover, and I mean, some of his riders, uh, he's, he probably you know doesn't remember this, but some of his riders have been running for three seasons without a ripping. Yeah, you know, you spend you spend the money, and instead of go if you go with You know, a lesser company. You know, it's you're going to buy that seat cover a few times every season. If you're, you know, especially if you're a fast rider, and it's just they pay for themselves. And it's just so rare that you get a, a part in the motocross industry that pays for itself.
2: Absolutely, I've often been reminded by uh, some of my uh, my, my business uh, associates and my gra- the, the gra- graduates from different uh, masters in business programming. Where uh, in business you can be two of three things: you can be fast, cheap, and good, and or, or in quality. And 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 somehow the both of you actually are breaking the rule. And you can't be all three. You can't be fast, good, and and and. and be be reasonably reasonably priced. So, uh, so you like, you can be good and fast, but it's going to cost a lot. You can be uh, good and expensive, but it's not going to it's not going to be as good. Um, but like, or it's not going to be as fast. Um, like, but you guys seem to uh, to, to to break that rule uh, with no problem whatsoever. What's the what's the uh, the secret there? I'll, I'll tell
3: you. You want to know what the secret is, Brad? Um. The secret is this vision and determination. You can't teach vision. In other words, uh with Ransom built here with the titanium tank and all the he even made a handmade titanium or not titanium, my beta a, a hand carved Pickstar to follow the lines of the bike. Crazy. He had to do this. With the seat covers I had the vision of a quite a few one off designs. And when you have vision and determination, it's kinda of hard to stop. Because uh, at the end of the day, if you invented the car, say, Brad, Mm -hmm. you invented the car, but other people are going to build cars. Of course. At the end of the day. You had the vision to do what you wanted to do. And this vision and determination and...
0: You know what? From an outsider's perspective, you know, and dealing with with Traction MX as a company, the one thing that I could say that, that... Allows him to do that is his his focus is not the end result. It's, it's, the passion it's not it's not the, the dollar amount that he's making. It's it's serving his customer and the the appreciation that his customer has to him and that he has to his customer is is really what he's after. And because he I mean every single customer he gets is satisfied, you know beyond measure. So it's a passion for him and it's something that he truly enjoys doing. So when you do that, you know you you can you can you can make something affordable, you can make it fast, and you can make it last.
2: Yeah, no, oh, it's uh okay. it, it's amazing you guys think, both. That's how I think he,
0: he pulls it off is because he's he's the one when you when you order a seat cover, he's the one making it. He doesn't have a factory of guys making this thing that really are just counting the hours before they get the leads.
2: That's true. That, that the the integrity in that is uh, is is something to. Uh, and, and obviously, uh, you you do have some guys that do, do work for you, uh, uh, Pete. But uh, for the most part, you, you you do do a lot of the handwork yourself. And uh, I think that there's something to be said for someone who is uh, is willing to get their hands dirty and and, uh, and do the stitching. And uh, basically, when when the when it, it, things get shipped out, which again fast, by the way, if you want to change your Change the look of your motorcycle. You can do so in under two weeks. But uh, um, it's 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 cool to have your hands on each each one of those products.
3: I mean, Brad, not even in the seat cover terms. Just you know, business and working nine to five terms. When you do something that makes you feel good at the end of the day, whether it's your podcast, you've come a long way. Your podcasts Thank are you. awesome. But what are you doing, it, and oh, it makes you feel good. End of the day. When uh, we make the seat covers, and I know that, you know, there's a kid out there on the 50 that says, Hey, dad, I want my bike to look like this. And, you know, we sat there and emailed back and forth with the family and made the bike look exactly like the kid did. And I know that the kid has a smile on his face. That's what makes me happy at the end of the day.
2: For sure. And and obviously, uh, and one of those kids is included with uh, uh, Jam and Josh Fariz, who will be heading to uh, Loretta Lynn's in just about two weeks' time. Um, given the fact that that uh, particular event is right around the corner, I imagine that there's probably a few uh, last minute orders being placed to Traction MX, probably as we're speaking. Yeah, we've been busy. Uh,
3: Loretta's is going to be pretty good this year. Uh, you know, you got Faris; he's going to be there. There's a few other riders we support that are. Definitely going to be uh, in the mix there of title contenders. Um racing is always great. You see these kids pouring their heart and soul into it. And, uh,
2: you know, that just makes everything well worth it at the end of the day. Absolutely, and big shout-out to, of course, people can't see the shirt that you're wearing, but uh, Free the Peeps is, is is blazing right across your chest, and, of course, we, we give give props to both Jimmy Sloan and uh, and warm memories of, uh, of recently passed uh, Jason Sloan, and uh, we, we, we love those guys and all that they do and the, and the support that they've given us over the years. Um, plans on, on shipping off some, some seat covers to uh, a guy like Jimmy Sloan soon, because I know that guy's been riding more, which the more he he rides, the more he needs uh, a new seat cover. Yeah, we just sent him some uh, covers out
3: for his new Yamaha. the yellow and black one. Nice. Uh, we them get put on. It should look good, topped off with the Grand kitty has. So, uh, looking forward to seeing that on his bike soon. Getting ready to get some pictures sent over in the next
2: couple days, actually.
3: Nice. But, yeah, yeah, we're getting him done. For sure.
2: Awesome. So, and uh, like to to, to to finish this off here, uh, and, like we're ransom. Wayne, where do you see this going from here? As far as your involvement with uh, within the motocross industry, could you see yourself doing another build? Could you see yourself working with other materials?
0: I definitely, I definitely see myself doing another build. Um, as of right now, I don't know where my place is in the motocross industry, and if I have a place because to do to do builds at this level. Um, to do it for a service, it, it's really not cost effective because yeah. the hours to do it. So I think, I mean, from from a business standpoint, I think the only the only way to pull revenue from a bill like this is through, through sponsorship and marketing, right? Um, and cross promotion. So I, I don't, I don't know. I th- <laughs> I would, I would love to to do this, you know, for for uh, you know a, a paying job. But I just don't know. Where I fit into that. Um, I have always loved the motocross industry. Um, I've been, I've been riding since I was four year, or three years old. You know, it's, it's, um, it's a passion of mine before anything else. And, but to fit into it from and make money and be able to use my skill set, that's a difficult thing. Yeah. That's, that's no, because my, like my, my street builds, they're, you know, well, let, let, let's let's just let's just put it out there. My my minimum price for a street build is two hundred twenty five thousand. That's my minimum price. So it's a lot of money. You know, how do I, how do I you know? And it, again, it's it's not about money. It's not if the end result is not about money. Yeah, you got to make a living, but how do I extract everything that I all the ability that I have out of a, you know and have the medium be a dirt bike? I, I don't I don't know that I don't know that yet. Mm-hmm. Um, my street builds just allow me to do you know whatever I want to do and pull as much talent and ability out of myself as I as I possibly can and the the level of clientele that I have really they don't really care what it costs so to, to you know for me to build these dirt bikes I would have to be building them in numbers in order to make to, to make a living.
2: Yeah, no, like- for sure. We uh, I know we've talked to uh Tony Jesky a couple of years ago and he was talking about uh basically doing some custom custom bike builds and even he was mostly working with anodizing parts and and do, working basically just with with changing up uh not a whole lot of raw materials but just um basically like being, building a bike as a full race bike with some parts, and even he, he found that that was a very difficult way to uh, turn over dollars. So uh, th- this is uh, far and away a, a level above that. Yeah, he's got he's got a
0: pretty that that Hellraiser bike uh, yeah, the is a pretty pretty cool yeah. cool bike like that build. But yeah, it's it's difficult. It's real it's real difficult to well the, the motorcycle industry or the motocross industry is it's tough to make money in anyway. Yeah, you know, racing racing costs a lot of money, and a lot of the 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 rider, most of the riders, I would say, are at a young age, and their parents are footing the bill, and it's 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 difficult. It's it really is it's a difficult business. If you're in it for the money, it's not the business to be in. Yeah. You're, you're in the motocross industry because it's a passion of yours, of course. So I agree that yeah,
2: if you can be a million, you can get to being a millionaire as as a motocrosser. You just have to start out as a billionaire. Yeah,
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. exactly, exactly, exactly.
2: Well, gentlemen, uh, I really appreciate you guys making the time for us tonight, so we can uh, give more, uh, more, just a, a full overview of the project. And uh, for all those who uh, haven't yet followed it on social media, uh, Wayne, where the, where can they find the ransom build, and uh, where can they keep more t- keep closer tabs on you?
0: It's a ransom KXF build.
2: That's on that specifically on Instagram.
0: Yep, that's on Instagram, and um, that's the only place that you're going to be able to find it right now. I don't have a Facebook page set okay. up for it or a website set up for it. But um, I, if I could, I'd like to thank my sponsors. Of course, um, we got uh, Kawasaki Dirt Bike Magazine, Traction MX, Think Technologies, Callahan, Callahan MX School. Yeah, who am I forgetting anybody else? I got Olin's I got Owens. O- 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 excuse me, Olin's Suspension. There you go. A lot of
3: people don't know how to pronounce that. Olin's Suspension. Uh, KSR um,
0: Wheels. KSR Wheels. SM Pro Wheels. Uh, Tom Morgan Racing. Tom Morgan Racing. Yeah, yeah. There's a there's a long list. Um, you know we're
3: planning on bringing some more aboard for Bill also.
2: For sure, yeah, absolutely. I can't imagine that uh a, a company like W Wheels wouldn't want to be a part of this, maybe build something cool uh for that thing. Maybe I'll uh, I'll send an email off to uh, John Anderson to see if he's interested in uh in getting behind that. But uh um it's really cool. I'm I'm glad to see it. And of course, uh Traction MX is at Traction MX, but uh where what what are they going to be seeing on that on that uh that's that that, uh, that account in the next couple of uh, weeks. You have some cool bikes that you're waiting to, to 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 post out. I know you've got a phone full of sweet bike photos that you're just like you're just playing hey, we awesome to, with us.
5: The
3: now, I mean, customers are sending us pictures all the time. We try, we try to keep the post a little bit
2: limited so it doesn't blow up your feed. So uh, yeah, he's he's hold, he's holding back. He's always holding back. I know he, he is. Back. But uh, he's, he's like, it, by no means will the, uh, the those photos ever dry out, buddy. So keep keep them coming, and uh, we love to see it. Um, but uh, I really I love having you guys on. Love chatting some uh, some motocross. What's uh, what's say we do this again in about a month's time?
0: Sounds, sounds good. Awesome. And if you come next time you're down in
2: the states, if you're
3: in the uh, eastern region, feel free to hit us up. Come down, check out the shop, show you around.
2: Absolutely, it's a clean looking shop, by the way. I got to I got to commend you on uh, how, uh, a clean workspace, which uh, I imagine for an artist is uh, pretty uh, yeah, pre- pretty mandatory.
0: It actually, it's it's really dirty right now. Usually, I keep it like a surgery room in here. Fair enough. Well, cool. <laughs> we'll give you the tour after the interview. Yeah, I'll show you the project sitting next to us. That's <laughs> my big one going on. That's what that's what's taking all my time away from the dirt plate.
2: Hell yeah, guys! Well, I really appreciate you giving us some time. It's a pleasure to have you on the show, and you will—you guys will both be uh, repeat offenders uh, in—in about a month's time. Um, Thank you so much for coming on the show. Don't hang up just yet. For podcast sake, we're going to cut off right there.